إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله سبناون الحديث أبو هريرة رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من نفس عن مؤمن كربة من كرب الدنيا نفس الله عنه كربة من كرب يوم القيامة ومن يسر على معسر يسر الله عليه في الدنيا والآخرة ومن ستر مسلما ستره الله في الدنيا والآخرة والله في عون العبد ما كان العبد في عون أخيه ومن سلك طريقا يلتمس فيه علما سهل الله له به طريقا إلى الجنة وما وما اجتمع قوم في بيت من بيوت الله يتلون كتاب الله ويتدارسونه بينهم إلا نزلت عليهم السكينة وغشيتهم الرحمة وحفتهم الملائكة وذكرهم الله في من عنده ومن بطأ به عمله لم يسرع به نسبه رواه مسلم بهذا اللفظ In this hadith of Abu Huraira radiyallahu anhu, he says that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, whoever removes a grief from a believer, from amongst the griefs or sorrows of this life, then Allah will remove a grief from him amongst the griefs and the sorrows of the day of resurrection. And whoever brings ease to one, whoever brings ease to someone in difficulty, then Allah will make it easy for him in this life and the hereafter. And whoever covers a Muslim, Allah will cover him in this life and the hereafter. Allah is in the aid of the servant as long as the servant is in aid of his brother. And whoever traverses a path seeking knowledge, Allah will make a path to paradise easy for him. (coughs) No people gather in one of the houses of Allah reciting the book of Allah and studying it amongst themselves, except that tranquility descends upon them, mercy envelops them, the angels surround them, and Allah mentions them amongst those who are with Him. Whomsoever is slowed down by his actions, he will not be sped up by his lineage. So in this hadith, hadith of Abu Huraira, anhu, he mentions... That the Prophet ﷺ mentioned these words. As Shaykh al-Fawzani says, هذا الحديث كأنه مقابل للحديث الذي قبله. الحديث الذي قبله نهى عن الخصال الذميمة. وهذا أمر بالخصال الحميدة. He says that this hadith, it is as if it is the opposite of the previous hadith. The previous hadith was talking about the evil, dispraiseworthy characteristics. The types of characteristics that a believer should not have. This hadith now, in opposite to that, is telling us about the types of characteristics that a believer should have. فَلِذَلِكَ جَعَلَهُ الْمُسَنِّفُ بَعْدَهُ وَهَذَا مِنْ فِقْهِهِ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ and that's why Al-Imam Al-Nawawi put this hadith directly after the previous hadith. 
Because the two of them come together well. The previous hadith tells us about the dispraiseworthy characteristics that you should avoid. And this hadith tells us about the praiseworthy characteristics that you should have. So, what are these characteristics that you should have? These good descriptions that a believer should have. Al-Ula, the first of them is in the statement of the Prophet ﷺ, مَن نَفَّسَ عَن مُؤْمِنٍ كُرْبَةً مِنْ كُرَبِ الدُّنْيَا نَفَّسَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ كُرْبَةً مِنْ كُرَبِ يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ That whomsoever removes a difficulty from his brother, removes some hardship, some sorrow, some grief from his brother, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove from that person some of the difficulties or one of the difficulties and sorrows and griefs of the hereafter. Whomsoever removes some grief or sorrow from his brother now, then Allah will remove some grief and sorrow from that person from the different types of griefs and sorrows of the Day of Judgment. Tanfisul kurba an akhika. إِذَا وَقَعَ أَخُوكَ فِي كُرْبَةٍ مِّن مَالٍ أَوْ غَيْرِ فَإِنَّكَ تُنَفِّسُ عَنْهُ For example, the shaykh says, how do you remove this difficulty from your brother? An example, maybe one of your brothers falls into some difficulty with regards to wealth, he is short in money or some affair related to that, or other than that, so you aid him and you help him to remove him from that difficulty and stress that he's in. وَالتَّنْفِيسَ التَّوْسِعَةِ and the meaning of that is that you make the affair expansive for your brother. He's in an affair which is tight and restricted. In an affair where it's difficult for him. So you expand and open up the affair for him. Make things easy for him. Uh, so for example, you make the affair easy upon him if he is in some financial difficulty. for example, you might give him a loan, or you give him some charity, you let him have the money. وَالضَّائِقَةِ غَيْرُ الْمَالِيَّةِ كَأَنْ يَكُونَ فِي هَمٍ وَغَمٍ فَتُسَرِّ عَنْهُ وَتُفْرِحُهُ وَتُدْخِلُ السُّرُورَ عَلَيْهِ Or it could be a difficulty that your brother is in, which is not financial. Could be a difficulty with some other grief or stress or... sorrow that he's in, some other situation he finds himself in. So you console him and you do something to enter happiness into him and to remove this stress and grief from his mind. فَإِذَا فَعَلْتَ ذَلِكَ نَفَّسَ اللَّهُ عَنْكَ كُرْبَةً مِنْ كُرَبِ يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ So if you do that, you help to remove the difficulty and the stress from your brother's mind. You help to put some happiness into his thought. You help to remove the financial difficulty, if that be the case. In which manner that you help to remove this sorrow from your brother, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove from you some of the grief and the sorrow of the Day of Judgment, the difficulties of the Day of Judgment. لِأَنَّ الْجَزَاءِ مِنْ جِنْسِ الْعَمَلِ Because the recompense is from the same type of action. So if you remove some difficulty from your brother, then Allah removes a difficulty from you. فَأَنْتَ سَتَقَعُ فِي كُرْبَةٍ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ فَإِذَا كُنْتَ فِي الدُّنْيَا نَفَّسْتَ عَنْ أَخِيكَ نَفَّصَ اللَّهُ عَنْكَ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَوَصَّعَ لَكَ Because on the day of judgment, no doubt you are going to fall into those difficulties and calamities. 
that distress and grief and sorrow, you're going to fall into that difficulty on the day of judgment. <coughs> so if in this world you remove the distress and the sorrow that your brother may be in over whatever situation, you aid him and you help him uh, to remove that distress from him, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove from you the difficulty or some of the difficulty of the day of judgment. Then, وَقَوْلُهُ وَمَنْ يَسَّرَ عَلَى مُعْسِرٍ يَسَّرَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ That whomsoever facilitates and makes ease for a person who is in debt, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make ease and facilitation into that person in this world and the hereafter. كَذَلِكَ الْمُعْسِرِ وَهُوَ الَّذِي عَلَيْهِ دَيْنِ the mu'sir is the person who is in debt. Uh, he's in debt and he's not able to pay off the debt. So if you are the debtor, you are the one who has taken the loan from, the debt from, he is indebted to you then perhaps you could aid and make ease into that person's situation by either uh, allowing him additional time to pay you off, making a greater expansive time period for him to pay you off, or you could perhaps uh, let the debt go altogether. You could act in these ways to make the situation easier for your brother, either give him an extended period of time to pay you back, or to maybe remove that debt altogether if you're not in need of it. Uh, and this is what Allah mentioned in the Quran in Surah Al-Baqarah, Ayah number 280, وَإِن كَانَذُوا عُسْرَةٍ فَنَذِرَةٌ إِلَى So either you could extend the time period where He pays you back, so you're making ease and facilitation for Him, or you could just drop that debt altogether and let him off. وَهَذَا أَحْسَنْ And if you remove the debt altogether and you let him off, that's better. وَهُوَ مِنَ التَّيْسِيرِ عَلَى الْمُعْسِرِ And that is making ease upon the one who is in debt and is unable to pay. هَذَا إِذَا كَانَ الدَّيْنُ لَكَ This is in the situation if a person owes you debt. You could give them an extended time to pay off or you could drop the debt altogether. أَمَّا إِذَا كَانَ الدَّيْنُ لِغَيْرِكَ فَمِنَ التَّيْسِيرِ عَلَيْهِ أَن تُسَاعِدَهُ بِمَا يُسَدِّدُ دَيْنَهِ أَوْ يُخَفِّفَهُ عَنْهُ If however this brother is in a debt to somebody else, you could still help him and aid him. You could still enter into this hadith, even if that brother is in debt to somebody else. Because you could help him financially perhaps, to pay off that person, you could help him financially some way to reduce his debt or to make the affairs easier for him to be able to pay off his debt. You could help him financially in that way and you would still enter into this hadith that you are placing ease and facilitation into that brother's affairs. Then after that, وَمَنْ سَتَرَ مُسْلِمًا سَتَرَهُ اللَّهُ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ That whomsoever covers, whomsoever covers a Muslim, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will conceal and cover that person's errors on the day of judgment. Covering up the affairs of your brother, that is the opposite of backbiting and storytelling. 
when you backbite and go and spread the namima, the storytelling, then you are not covering up your brother's affairs. Rather, you're exposing them. You're exposing your brother's affairs with the backbiting and the storytelling. So this is the opposite of that. To conceal the affairs of your brother. فَإِذَا رَأَيْتَ عَلَىٰ أَخِيكَ نَقْصًا فِي دِينِهِ فَبَادِرْهُ بِالنَّصِيحَةِ بَيْنَكَ وَبَيْنَهِ So if you see some error in your brother, some deficiency in your brother, that he has some weakness, some error, some uh, mistake that he's making, then uh, go and advise that person between yourself and him. Be quick to go and advise that person. Don't allow him to just continue making the errors and the mistakes. Rather go to him and advise him privately between yourself and him. فَرُبَّمَا يَكُونُ جَاهِلًا It could be that this person is just ignorant of the ruling. He just doesn't know that this is wrong what he's doing. He might be ignorant of that. So go and educate him and tell him the rulings. أَوْ غَلَبَتْهُ نَفْسُهُ أَوْ الشَّيْطَانِ Or it could be that he does know the ruling, but the shaytan overcame him, his desire overcame him, his soul overcame him, and he ended up falling into that error and that mistake. So again, go and advise him. Advise him with the fear of Allah and advise him to leave that sin. Advise him privately between yourself and him. فَأَنْتَ تَنْصَحُهُ وَتُبَيِّنُ لَهُ فِيمَا بَيْنَكَ وَبَيْنَهُ سِرَّا So you advise him privately between yourself and him. وَتَسْتُرُ عَلَيْهِ And you conceal his error. Not that you see a brother committing a sin and so you go and publicize that. Go and publicize that to everybody. Go and tell everybody that this brother, I saw him doing this and I saw him doing that. Rather, he's one of the brothers, he may fall into error, the shaitan may overcome a person, so go and advise him, so he rectifies himself, rather than going and spreading to everybody, I saw this one doing this, and I saw this one doing that. فَلَا تَفْضَحُهُ فِي الْمَجَالِسِ وَعِنْدَ النَّاسِ So don't go and expose him. Don't go and expose him in the gatherings and amongst the people, rather go and advise the brother to rectify himself. Then, قوله والله في عون العبد ما كان العبد في عون أخيه that Allah is in the aid of a person as long as that person is in the aid of his brother. Allah will aid a person as long as a person aids his brother. هذا عام this is general in any affair general in the affairs of aiding each other. فإذا أعنت أخاك بأي نوع من أنواع الإعانة so if you aid your brother in whatever type of aid or assistance he requires, then with that goodness of action that you do, that goodness in your action of aiding and helping uh, your brother, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be in your aid. يعني يعينك, uh, meaning that Allah will aid you, لِأَنَّ الْجَزَاءِ مِنْ جِنْسِ الْعَمَلِ فَإِذَا كُنْتَ تُرِيدُ أَنْ يُعِينَكَ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّكَ تُعِينُ إِخْوَانَكَ بِمَا تَقْدِرُ عَلَيْهِ مِنَ الْمَالِ أَوْ الْجَاهِ أَوْ غَيْرِ ذَلِكَ So if you want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be in your aid, to be in your aid, then be from those who are in the aid of their brothers, who help and cooperate and unite upon righteousness. The unification and the cooperation upon the righteousness and upon the piety. وَتَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْبِرِّ وَالتَّقْوَىٰ As Allah said in the Qur'an, cooperate with each other upon righteousness and piety. So aiding each other and helping each other upon the goodness, then that is something which is desirable. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, وَمَنْ سَلَكَ طَرِيقًا يَلْتَمِسُ فِيهِ عِلْمًا That whomsoever treads upon a pathway seeking by knowledge, 
يعني العلم شرعي الديني meaning the legislative Islamic knowledge whomsoever treads upon a pathway seeking the Islamic knowledge أَمَّا سُلُوكُ الطَّرِيقِ لِلْعِلْمَ الدُّنْيَوِي فَهَذَا مُبَاحِ وَلَكِنَّ سُلُوكَ الطَّرِيقِ لِلْعِلْمِ شَرْعِي هَذَا مَشْرُوعَ قَدْ يَكُونُ وَاجِبًا أَوْ مُسْتَحَبًا وَسُلُوكُ الطَّرِيقِ يَشْمَلُ الطَّرِيقَ الْحِسِّيِّ بِأَنْ تُسَافِرَ وَتَرْحَلَ لِطَلَبِ الْعِلْمِ وَيَشْمَلُ الطَّرِيقَ الْمَعْنَوِي بِأَنْ تَقْرَى وَتَحْفَظَ So here now the Shaykh says the meaning of this is whomsoever treads upon a pathway seeking by it knowledge, i.e. Islamic knowledge. As for the other academic types of knowledge, it's permissible to go and seek that knowledge and to educate yourself regarding that, to benefit yourself uh, in terms of whatever that may be for work, whatever the purpose is. It's permissible to seek that knowledge. But here what's being spoken about is the legislative knowledge, the knowledge of Islam. And seeking the knowledge of Islam, it is legislated to do so. Sometimes it's an obligation. Certain types of knowledge, you have to seek it as an obligation. And certain types of knowledge, it may just be mustahab, recommended for you to seek that knowledge, uh, although not an obligation. So what types of knowledge are obligation that you must seek? Of course, the scholars, they say, the level of knowledge that you require to be able to worship Allah. The minimum knowledge you need to be able to worship Allah. So for example, how to pray. Is it obligatory for you to seek knowledge how to pray or not? Obligatory. Wajib. If you don't seek knowledge how to pray, how are you going to pray? So the only way you can do the prayer worship is to seek knowledge how to pray. Wudu. How are you going to make wudu? You have to seek knowledge how to make wudu. This is obligatory all this. Tawheed of course, from the head of all of the affairs, to understand Tawheed and to worship Allah upon Tawheed. These are basics that everybody must seek the knowledge of. Then there may be things which are not obligations like that. They are extra affairs. Uh, affairs that may be only those who go deep into the knowledge they may seek. Ulumul uh, Ala, as they say, for example, Mustalah al-Hadith, Usul al-Fiqh. That might be something higher, but the basics of how to worship Allah and the Tawheed, then everybody needs to seek that knowledge. And here when the Hadith says that whomsoever treads upon a pathway, whomsoever treads or traverses upon a pathway, man salaka tariqan, then that includes two types, either physically, that you leave and you travel and you go out somewhere to seek knowledge. You leave your homes and you go to another place where the gathering is occurring for the, seek, for the seeking of knowledge. So that's physically treading upon the path of knowledge. Leaving your home physically, walking and going to the place where the knowledge is being taught. Or, there's another type of treading the path of knowledge even without physically taking a single footstep. And that is if you're sitting in your home and you're reading the books and you're listening to the scholars and you're listening to the CDs, you're learning from the books of the scholars and the CDs of the scholars, uh, memorizing the Qur'an, reading the hadith. This is treading the path of knowledge. That is also included in the hadith. So the hadith says, whoever does that, سَهَّلَ اللَّهُ لَهُ بِهِ طَرِيقًا إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make a pathway to paradise easy for that person via his action. What is his action? Of treading the path of knowledge. He treads the path of knowledge, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes his path to paradise easy. 
لأن العلم الشرعي هو الذي يبين الطريق للجنة because the Islamic knowledge that is what's going to explain to you the path to paradise so if you tread upon a path seeking knowledge then the more you learn about what that pathway to paradise is what the obligations are what the prohibitions are فَالْعَمَلُ الصَّالِحُ وَتَرْكُ الْعَمَلِ سَيِّئِ طَرِيقٌ إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ So the righteous actions and leaving the evil actions, that is a path to paradise. وَلَن تَسْلُكَ طَرِيقَ الْجَنَّةِ إِلَّا بِالْعِلْمِ شَرْعِي أَلَّذِي تَعْرِفُ بِهِ الْمَشْرُوعَ مِنْ غَيْرِهِ And you will not be able to tread the path to paradise except with the Islamic knowledge. In knowing what is permissible, what is halal and what is haram. فَقَدْ تَجْتَهِدُ فِي عِبَادَةٍ أَوْ فِي شَيْءٍ وَهُوَ طَرِيقُكَ إِلَى النَّارِ It could be otherwise, without knowledge, that you make your ijtihad, you come to your conclusion that this is the way I should be worshipping Allah upon this particular thing. You come to your own judgment without knowledge. And due to that own judgment that you make without knowledge, you might end up doing something which is actually towards hellfire. Your action may be something completely wrong. Due to you making your own judgment and not looking at the evidences and not following the knowledge. لأنه ليس طريقا مشروعا ولا يؤديك إلى الجنة وإنما يؤديك إلى النار كالبدع والمحدثات والخرافات. The Sheikh says because that type of acting, those types of actions that you do for yourself from your own judgments, which aren't from the Quran and the Sunnah. then they end up being newly invented affairs, innovations, all types of deviances. You'll end up doing those types of things and they will lead you towards the fire. Even if you strive day and night, if you're striving upon those innovations, upon those deviances, then you're heading towards the fire, not the paradise. أَمَّا الطَّرِيقُ الَّذِي يُؤَدِّي إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ فَهُوَ مَا جَاءَ بِهِ الرَّسُولُ صلى الله عليه وسلم Uh, as for the pathway that leads you to paradise, that is what the Prophet ﷺ came with. Just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَأَنَّ هَذَا صِرَاطِي مُسْتَقِيمًا فَاتَّبِعُوهُ Indeed, this is my straight path, so follow it. وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا السُّبُلُ And do not follow these other pathways. فَتَفَرَّقَ بِكُمْ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ Because they will split you away from the path of Allah. فَاللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ لَمْ يَكِلْنَا إِلَىٰ أَنفُسِنَا وَلَا إِلَىٰ تَقْلِيدِ فلان وفلان. أو للاستحسانات النفسية وإنما شرع لنا طريقا مستقيما وهو هو ما جاء به الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم فعليك أن تلزم هذا الطريق فإنه يؤديك إلى الجنة قطعا أما ما خالف ما جاء به الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم فإنه يؤديك إلى النار فتركه. The Sheikh says Allah Allah did not leave us to our own devices. Allah did not leave us to our own devices. He didn't leave us to depend on ourselves. Rather, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He explained to us the sharia. We've been given the revelation. And that is the upright pathway that the Prophet ﷺ came with. And so it's upon you to cling on to that pathway, because that will lead you to paradise. As for the remainder, they will lead you to the fire. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, وَمَجْتَمَعَ قَوْمٌ فِي بَيْتٍ مِنْ بَيُوتِ اللَّهِ يتلون كتاب الله ويتدارسونه بينهم إلا نزلت عليهم سكينة وغشيتهم الرحمة وحفتهم الملائكة وذكرهم الله في من عنده. That there is not a group of people who come together in a house from the houses of Allah 
and they recite the book of Allah and they study it between themselves, except that the angels, uh, except that the serenity descends upon them and the mercy envelops them, the mercy covers them, it, it comes upon them. وَحَفَّتُمُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ And the angels surround them. And Allah mentions them with those who are with Him. هَذَا فِيهِ أَنَّ طَلَبَ الْعِلْمِ يَنْبَغِي أَنْ يَكُونَ فِي الْمَسَاجِدِ This the shaykh says indicates that it is suitable and befitting that seeking knowledge should occur in the mosques. Where possible, if you have a masjid, then to have the gatherings of knowledge and studying in the masajid, where possible. لِأَنَّهَا بُيُوتُ اللَّهِ Because they are the houses of Allah. وَمَأْوَاءَ الْمَلَائِكَةِ And a place where the angels are. وَفِيهَا السَّكِينَةُ وَالرَّحْمَةِ And there is tranquility and serenity and mercy there. فَيَنْبَغِي أَنْ يَكُونَ طَلَبُ الْعِلْمِ فِي الْمَسَاجِدِ And that's why it's better that the seeking of knowledge should be in mosques where possible. وَلَا مَانِعَ أَنْ يَكُونَ هُنَاكَ مَجْرِسٌ عِلْمِي أَوْ هُنَاكَ مَدْرَسَ يُدْرَسُ فِيهَا الْعِلْمِ And there's no prohibition of course that the knowledge is sought in some other place, in some place of gathering or a school or wherever it may be. But where possible, if there is a masjid available, you have a masjid upon the way of Ahlul Sunnah, then the teaching should be done there and not elsewhere. Although as the Shaykh says, there is no prohibition in doing it elsewhere, but the masajid have that uh, uh, blessing within them. Uh, then, so the hadith says that there is not a group of people who come together in the house, in the house from the houses of Allah, and they recite the book of Allah, يَتْلُونَ كِتَابَ اللَّهِ Meaning that they read the Qur'an and they learn how to recite it properly, and they memorize it, لأنه هو أصل العلم Because the Qur'an, it is the origin, the basis of knowledge. That is the basis and the origin of knowledge. That's why the Salaf in the olden times, when a person used to come to a shaykh, and he used to say to the shaykh, I want to study with you. It's mentioned that the scholar would say to that person, have you memorized the Qur'an? If he hasn't, he would say to him, go and memorize the Qur'an when you finish, then come and I'll teach you. Go and memorize the Qur'an. When you finish memorizing the Qur'an, come, then I will teach you the knowledge. Because all of this knowledge, it is from the Qur'an, that's the basis. The Qur'an and the Sunnah. So, that's what they used to say, and this is the basis. On one occasion, somebody came to Shaykh Ali Nasir al-Faqihi in Medina. They said to him, Shaykh, which books shall I start studying first to seek knowledge? What's the first book the Shaykh told him? The Qur'an. Even before, Thalathatul Usul Al-Qawa'id Al-Arba'a Kitab Al-Tawheed, said to him, the Qur'an, start the Qur'an, and then of course all of these books in Aqeedah and Tawheed. So the Qur'an is the basis. وَيَتَدَارَسُونَهُ بَيْنَهُمْ أَيْ يَفْهَمُونَ مَعَانِيهِ They study the Qur'an between themselves, meaning that they understand its meanings. وَلَيْسَ الْمَقْسُودُ الْحِفْظِ فَقَطْ وَأَنَّكَ تَحْفَظُ الْقُرْآنَ وَتُتْقِنَهُ بِالْقِرَاءَاتِ الْعَشْرِ لا هذا وسيلة وليس هو المقصود والمطلوب أنك تتفهم وتفقه معانيه وتعمل به أولا تقرأه ثانيا تفهمه ثالثا تعمل به So the Quran isn't just to read It isn't just for reading by itself Not just to memorize by itself But it is to understand it also And to act upon it also So you read it, you understand it, you memorize it and you act upon it وَالْعَمَلُ بِالْقُرْآنِ هُوَ الْمَطْلُوبِ And acting upon the Qur'an, that's what's required 
لكن حفظه وتجويده وتفهم معانيه وتفسيره على الوجه الصحيح هذه وسائل العمل بالقرآن الكريم As for the good recitation, the tajweed and the understanding, the tafsir, all of that is for you to then be able to practice and act upon the Qur'an. They are means which help you to act upon the Qur'an. So when the people, they do that, the hadith mentions, إِلَّا نَزَلَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ السَّكِينَةِ يَعْنِيَ الْهُدُوءُ وَالطُّمَأْنِينَ وَالْرَاحَةِ Serenity and peace and tranquility, they descend upon those people. وَحَفَّتْهُمُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ And the angels, they come and they surround them. يعني الملائكة تؤيد المؤمنين تنزل على طلبة العلم تؤيدهم. The angels, they come and descend upon the students of knowledge and they aid them. وَتَدْفَعُ عَنْهُمُ الشَّيَاطِينَ And they push the shayateen away from them. So the angels, they descend upon those students of knowledge. حَفَّتْهُمُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ Meaning that they come and they envelop them and they cover them. أَحَاطَتْ بِهِمْ فَلَا يَنْفُضُ إِلَيْهِمْ شَرٌ وَلَا أَحَدٌ So the angels, they come and gather around them so that no evil can come to them and no harm comes to them. Those who are sat, gathered, studying and learning. وَذَكَرَهُمُ اللَّهُ فِي مَنْ عِنْدَهُ And Allah mentions them with those who are with Him. أَيْ فِي الْمَلَأِ الْأَعْلَى With those up in the heavens. فَيَذْكُرُهُمُ اللَّهُ ذِكْرَ تَشْرِيفِ So Allah mentions them in a manner of honor. وَيُخْبِرُ بِهِمِ الْمَلَأِ مِنَ الْمَلَائِكَةِ And Allah mentions them to the angels in the heavens. وَيُبَاهِ بِهِمِ الْمَلَائِكَةِ فَهَذَا يَدُلُّ عَلَى فَضْلِ طَلَبِ الْعِلْمِ وَوَجُوبِ إِعْطَائِهِ كَثِيرًا مِنَ الْوَقْتِ وَالْعِنَايَةِ فَمَنْ كَانَ يُرِيدُ هَذِهِ الْمَزِيَّةِ فَلْيُعْطِي مِنْ وَقْتِهِ وَمِنْ جُهْدِهِ لِطَلَبِ الْعِلْمِ عَلَى أَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ وَفِي بُيُوتِ اللَّهِ Give your time to seeking knowledge. Give as much time as possible to give that uh, effort into seeking the knowledge uh, in the homes, uh, in the houses of Allah. Seeking that knowledge and this is from the uh, virtues or gaining these virtues that are mentioned in the hadith. Then the last bit, وَمَنْ بَطَّأَ بِهِ عَمَلُهُ لَمْ يُسْرِعْ بِهِ نَسَبُهُ that whomsoever is slow in his actions, meaning he is slacking in his actions, in his obedience, then your lineage isn't going to get you anywhere. The meaning of that is, الْعِبْرَةُ بِالْعَمَلِ لَا بِالنَّسَبِ The point is your actions that you do, not where your lineage is. لَوْ كُنْتَ مِنْ أَشْرَفِ النَّاسِ مِنْ قُرَيْشِ مِنْ بَنِي هَاشِمْ أَشْرَفِ بَنِي آدَمْ لَكِنَّكَ لَمْ تُوَفَّقْ لِلْعَمَلِ لَمْ يَنْفَعَكَ النَّسَبِ even if you are from the most respected and honorable tribes of people, the most respected and honorable tribes, whether it's from Quraysh, Bani Hashim, the most noble, you would still not benefit from that if your actions, if you are not doing the obedience and the actions. فَهَذَا أَبُوْ لَهَبْ فِي جَهَنَّمْ وَهُوَ عَمُّ الرَّسُولِ صلى الله عليه وسلم. Take the example of Abu Lahab. ثَبَّتْ يَدَا أَبِي لَهَبٍ وَتَبْ أَبُو لَهَبْ The uncle of the Prophet ﷺ The uncle of the Prophet ﷺ Yet he will be in the fire وَهَذَا بِلَالٌ عَبَدٌ حَبَشِيٌّ وَهُوَ مِنْ سَادَاتِ السَّابِقِينَ الْأَوَّلِينَ And then you have this slave Bilal Who was an, an Abyssinian slave An Abyssinian slave Yet he is from the superior From the early superior Muslims and that shows that the point is the actions and the obedience you do, not upon what lineage you think you have. 
And this indicates all those people out there who say our lineage is from the lineage of the Prophet Even if it is, then it's upon those people to do their action and to worship Allah. The lineage does not save a person. وَمَنْ بَطَّأَ بِهِ يَعْنِ أَخَّرَهُ عَمَلُهُ عَنِ الْخَيْرِ Whomsoever his actions are slow, he's slack, he's not doing the good. لَمْ يُسْرِعْ بِهِ نَسَبُهُ then your lineage isn't going to enter you into paradise. فَأَنْتَ لَنْ تَدْخُلَ الْجَنَّةَ بِالنَّسَبِ وَلَوْ كُنْتَ مِنْ أَشْرَفِ النَّاسِ وَإِنَّمَا تَدْخُلُ الْجَنَّةَ بِالْعَمَلِ وَلَوْ كُنْتَ مِنْ أَقَلِّ النَّاسِ نَسَبًا So your lineage isn't going to enter you into paradise. Rather your actions are, your actions, your obedience to Allah, that will uh, enter you to paradise even if you were from the lowest of the people degraded in your lineage. Uh, وَإِنَّمَا تَدْخُلُ الْجَنَّةَ بِالْعَمَلِ وَلَوْ كُنْتَ مِنَ قَلِّ النَّاسِ نَسَبًا وَلَوْ كُنْتَ مِنَ الْعَجَمِ فَإِنَّ الْعَمَلَ صَالِحًا يُدْخِلُكَ الْجَنَّةَ فَلَا يَجُوزُ التَّفَاخُرُ بِالْأَنْسَابِ وَالْأَحْسَابِ وَيَظُنُّ أَنَّهَا تَنْفَعُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ So even if you are from the low lineage even if you are for example non Arab then none of that matters what matters is that you do the righteous actions the good actions that will enter you into paradise not to boast about your lineage and your uh, family line, because that is not what will enter you into paradise, rather it's your obedience and your actions. So that is the hadith up to there that we'll conclude on today. And inshallah ta'ala will continue next week. Uh, just to mention next week, the time isn't fixed yet. But if everybody makes sure that their phone numbers are given to the brothers, then they'll text you with the updated time. Now because Maghrib is in the middle, so we have to rearrange the class time. So we're going to do that this week. But make sure everybody gives your mobile numbers to the brothers. They'll text you the time once it's fixed. So it'll be roughly about this time. Maybe before Maghrib, it could be 7 o'clock. So we finish at Maghrib time. Maybe after Maghrib, straight after Maghrib, 10 past 8. But give your numbers to the brothers and they'll text you and update you with the fixed time for next week, inshallah.